Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. Hello and welcome to episode 396 of Under the Call of MS. This is a Comics and MS episode, normal Thursday episode. That was a little Bella Lugosi quote that many people have heard if they're into the vampiric movies at all. And then we're going to talk about some comic books here. Uh, Off the bat, I checked out Heart of Empire. This is also known as the Legacy of Luther Arkwright. It's a nine issue, nine chapter, nine comic limited series by Brian Talbot, published in nine monthly parts back in 1999 by American company Dark Horse Comics. It's a sequel to his earlier work, The Adventures of Luther Arkwright set 23 years later and centers on Arkwright's daughter, Victoria. Let's see what people said about this set of books. Nominated for three Eisner Awards and five Eagle Awards, Brian Talbot's internationally acclaimed graphic novel, Heart of Empire, The Legacy of Luther Arkwright is now available in a deluxe limited edition slip. I don't care about that. I want to know about it. Uh, Let's see. Heart of Empire is a truly epic work, both viscerally intense and scathingly funny, transcending genre and shattering the boundaries of graphic narrative. Power Mysticism, history, murder, romance, politics, religion, sex, conspiracy, spectacle, and heroism are the multiverse that makes Heart of Empire one of the most challenging, thought-provoking, and purely entertaining works of graphic fiction. Truly deserving of this royal treatment, collects Heart's Heart of Empire, The Legacy of Luther, Arkwright, number one to number nine. I have them, have them all individual. I personally thought it was terrible. <laughs> I could not get into it. Uh, it was very hard to follow. <clears throat> lots of deranged sexual things. Lots of representation of Racialism issues, uh, Nazism type stuff, all kinds of shit. I'm just not into. Uh, I was surprised that it got all these awards now that I'm reading this stuff. Let's see, I'm going to read one more description and see if this gives me. Anything that makes any sense because what I read did not make shit 
any type of sense. It was just a mass, massive story of a bunch of ignoramus people that should have been wiped off the earth. <laughs> a bunch of useless, annoying, different groups of people. In a future alternate reality, Earth One existence in a swirling maelstrom of parallel worlds, a vicious totalitarian British Empire reigns supreme. But in Rome, the dying Pope sets into motion a dark plan to place the throne of Britannica under papal control, control by any means necessary. And while such temporal machinations threaten the world's political and social stability, a monstrous force is building across the multiverse, and a countdown begins to almost certain dimensional apocalypse. Luther Arkwright has saved a universe before, but with an infinity of universes threatened with annihilation, all of Arkwright's preternatural talents are needed if only Arkwright weren't dead. Uh, It's like there's also a character in here with his partner that he reminds me uh, uh, hugely of Constantine and this would work out as a good Constantine style movie with like Cthulhu type creature or, or series but that was the only hope I had for the whole thing was him. I, I was hoping that character would turn out to be like a Constantine style character. Uh, big beast and imagery and sexual depravity. <laughs> it just, this story just, uh, I just couldn't get into it. It's going, it's in my sale pile. It's, uh, I am reading stuff off the internet so I'm not even looking at it as I'm talking about it because it's going in the sale pile uh, along with another thing that I tried to check out but only made it a few pages in was Psycho Killers PMS special. I mean, the whole beginning pages are just basically a uh, father just torturing his daughter and just and it's serious psycho killers so you know they're pieces of shit but still i just didn't need to see that and animal cruelty and all that type of shit torturing kids and animals and it's just not into that so i just i gave up on that one too and tossed it in the for sale pack but I usually talk about the ones I don't sell that are going in my collection, but then I realized I need to talk about those too because people need to know about the shit that's out there. But hey, apparently I'm ignorant because this has like four to five stars as far as reviews for Heart of the Empire or Heart of Empire. And as far as Psycho Killers, I couldn't find shit for that on the internet other than some stuff that's sold in the past, but they don't have no reviews or anything that I could find. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, I'm not the only one that didn't give a shit about that storyline. But who knows? Maybe if it's limited, I might be able to make a few bucks off it when I sell it. But 
Yeah. Those are a couple of crappy, disappointing comics. Now let's talk about some comics that weren't so bad. To an extent. <laughs> we checked out Wildstorm's Night Tribes. It's a one-shot. Uh, there's no thing in here to give you a storyline basis on this one, but we're dealing with some pretty wild-looking demons that are trying to take over the planet and the world and transferring in more and more demons through dimensional shift type thing and we get a human a Frankenstein type character a werewolf type character little demon dude character uh, Catrice type female character and a vampire character with his little rat buddy uh, uh, oh, and God, I almost forgot one of the most important characters, a giant chunk of dirt, a rock type character, a earth, earth-like giant type entity, but I love the characters. I'm not huge on, and the storyline wasn't bad. I mean, they're basically getting the gang together that used to apparently do some stuff in the past and they're putting well some of them have it sounded like and then others are ones that have spent their life training for this big thing to happen this invasion on the world that's was put down through stories through the years through the ages to that people thought were just fables and there's these certain chosen characters that just happen to be chosen to protect us and they're just waiting for the call and when the call comes they start putting the gang back together and Try and deal with all these entities from different approaches and hope to link up and finish the war and then have to deal with it again some other day. And as things do happen, they, you may win this time, but next time you may not. And they're going to keep trying to come over and over and try and wipe you out and you gotta deal with them however you can you get to see how they deal with them in this one and it's it was a fun story i enjoyed it uh i don't think i'm a fan of wildstorm other than that i think i've read some other stuff in the past that didn't really uh catch my eye or ear but this one i i enjoyed i'm glad it was a little one shot and you don't need to know nothing i ain't no shit about these characters and it gave me enough information to give it a basis and judge it in my own way but 
Then next up, we have Night Vision by Atomica Comics. This is an interesting vampiric style vision, <laughs> I guess. And I read this little poem that I didn't check out when I read the book. But Life on Eighth. She wants to be so free and easy. That's what she said when they took her for a ride. To the bright light city, New York City. She met a man. And his face was razor cold, flashing lances. With his eyes. Looking past her. Feeling nothing. Gone without a trace. So just what is free or easy? When it's a long and lonely ride, up your bright light city, New York City, going out, and now her face is razor cold, flashing lances with her eyes, looking past me, feeling nothing, gone without a trace, pouring all her body into money in his hands, and that night don't understand. It wasn't very long ago when it's time to play the part she knows. She knows. By Betty Noir. This is an interesting look at a vampiric type character that's known as Betty Noir. Uh, she's dealing with the bright lights, big cities, and creatures of the night as she basically tries to survive amongst the humans while protecting the humans from demons that come on at night and... Certain ones can see the characters. Some can see them through cameras or mirrors. And they'll get different visuals that way. But, yeah, it was definitely fun and interesting. It's not something I'd go out searching for, but it was definitely a good addition to our vampiric collection. What's this all about in the back pages? They have a little night vision intermezzo. It's like night vision, the miniseries from Rebel Studios. David Quinn and Hannibal King did that, did this. My younger sister is the only one in our family who remembers tasting the blood she swears mom left in the refrigerator. When she was a baby, she's been fascinated by vampire lore ever since, but never touches meat. <laughs> There's a whole storyline in here that, in the back parts, but I'm not going to read all that. So They do have also bad blood, which I think I have, I'm not sure. But it's a disturbed young girl flowers into womanhood 
and develops a dark, savage need. Sweet Meats by Steve Tanner and Pete Ventiras. In the ancient Gothic streets of Berlin, a killer stalks the undead. Sugar Vice Virus by Warren Ellis, Martin Chaplin, and Gary Marshall. A heart-stopping love story, literally. Bad Blood. But I will have to check that out. I think I have that in my stack somewhere. But Night Vision, done by David Quinn and Hannibal King, with a free cover post. Well, not free, you're paying for the comic, but cover poster in the center by John Bolton. And it's done by Atomica. Ooh, there's something on the back. What's this say? Are you ready for Carnival Night? Blythe's night vision has drawn her to an after-hours club in Manhattan's warehouse district. Now, as she lays a trap for two demonic spider women, Blythe finds herself helpless before the threatening sexual power of Betty Noir. The masks are down. That's a cool little picture on the back with a big hairy spider crawling across a bloody mask. But yeah, I didn't see that when I was looking at description stuff. But and now we checked out Night Vision. <laughs> All about Eve. This is done by London Night Comics. This is the funny thing is these two stories very much could link into each other. Let's see what this inside cover has. Some quotes. Fashion is a despo whom the wise ridicule and obey. That's by Ambrouge Bierce. Then David Quinn. Who did the other book. Now, this one's done... Ah, this one's also done by David Quinn and Kyle Holtz. So that's interesting. That's why there's such a a link to the characters. Dedicated with grateful appreciation to Blythe's other sire, King, Godfathers of Soul, by Elliot, Vigil Elliot, and Hartsoul, son of Celluloid Barker, and, of course, the one and only School of Chalmers. That was by David Quinn. And then to David and Hannibal for letting me play in their treehouse. And to Jerry for continuous support. That was by Kyle Holtz. Uh, yeah, we get a very interesting storyline here of also a female vampire Entity that is dealing with other demon-style entities throughout the night. And there's a big clash with the characters in this one. And it was definitely interesting. It uh, Beautiful black and white artwork. I love the way they drew this, this comic. Now, the first night vision that I talked was also black and white artwork, also beautifully drawn. 
but this one just had that darker grasp, that little little feel to it, just pulled you in a little more, and I, I like the way they did this one. But, uh, yeah, you like some interesting vampires that, a female vampire that's kind of like out to protect us from the demons of the night, yet she's got her own deep, dark issues along the way, but. Yeah, I, I, for vampire fans out there, I say just definitely check it out. Night Vision, all about Eve from London Night, and anything else you find that's related to that would probably be enjoyable. I hope I have more stuff in my in my mass boxes of comics to go through, but we'll have to see what what we come across. See what's out there. It's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. But those were definitely in my collection. Uh, but not the first couple of things I talked about. You can have those psycho killers and all the other weird, depraved comics. And sometimes it's all right, but and this stuff, those things just got a little too, too insane for my enjoyment. Uh... Other than that, what's going on in the world? We got Russia warns World War III nuclear conflict. I don't know what's up with Putin's little war criminal issues. He's obviously pushed himself to a part that he knows he's going to be dealing with crap with this probably the rest of his life. So that's a scary thought because that puts a person in a corner and just makes them more lethal. With Biden pushing the buttons continuously, which makes no sense to me. I think NATO and the UN should be the ones that are pushing the buttons and dealing with things. I don't know why the U.S. keeps supplying arms to Ukraine. I mean, I can see helping them financially, but it's destroying our economy over here in the U.S. while we're trying to take care of someone else that's dealing with stuff that I don't even fully know. It goes back to like 2014, I guess, or something earlier than that. And it's like, why are we, why are we dealing with this on the other side of the world? And why is it causing us all this cost? All our costs are going up for products that we already had in our country that were paid for and now we're just seeing gas companies and stores and other companies that are just price gouging, in my opinion. We don't need the products. If we don't have them, we can't produce them in our own country, then too damn bad. We don't need the shit. And it's time to bring our businesses back to our country and get us back to where we need to be. But yeah, I think we're on the verge of a World War Three to wait bullshit's going around. Lately, but then Musk bought out Twitter. I am not part of Twitter, but now I'm going to join. I like that Musk is going to take us, trying to take us back to free speech. I mean, that's what we were designed on. I mean, the United States we had the right to free speech and then all of a sudden cancel culture came out 
and all of a sudden all the higher ups the courts and all that are just like okay we're gonna start listening to all these little cancel culture people and we're gonna do whatever they say even though we were built on a country that has the right to free speech sticks and stones may break my bones but words may never hurt me unless you're mentally damaged by the words that people say but it's better than be beaten with rocks and sticks so i think it's time for free speech to come back so we can start not worrying about what we say and just talk about what we believe and what we think the world could use and if people agree they agree if they don't they don't who cares they can have their own opinion it's called free speech everybody can say whatever they want and that's the way it should be and i don't think if you're not physically harming someone i don't see why there's a problem with it you should be able to say what you want we grew up i grew up in generations where all it was was verbal abuse I, well there was physical abuse too but there was tons and tons of verbal abuse uh, let's see netflix well gino i don't know if you know gino he's was part of gilbert godfrey Rose and stuff he's a tax he's a movie reviewer and he's part of our fox six team where he'd call in and do movie reviews but for the past week or so he's been doing fox six and stick live and being there at the studio and sticking around through the whole fox six real milwaukee hour segment and does his movie previews and stuff live right now so i'm kind of curious i didn't hear exactly why he's back here and doing things not not calling it in, but it's awesome having Gino around if you do get Fox 6 at all in the upper Midwest areas of the United States. Uh, Harley's already starting a plan for their 120th celebration coming out next year in 2023. So if you want to make plans, I suggest start making plans now. Hell, I'll even put some bikers up in my backyard if they want to tent it out. Up on the hill, I'd have no problem with that, renting that out. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the 100th was fun, but 120th, I think. After all this COVID shit, I think it's going to be a little little madness in the state of Wisconsin come next year. But good madness. Uh, we also got... Netflix, I checked, I'm over halfway through the Car Masters, Rust to Riches. It's a three-season run they have on there. It's like the first season they do an awesome job building a Lincoln Futura, which is a car you'd see at the uh, World's Fair type thing. And I think they only made one, only had the one original frame and body and they uh also worked on getting a 54 international cab over truck 
bodies to put over their motor and build a work truck out of. And I don't know if they had different ear cab overs or not, but we had one of those back in our family business back in the day. My grandfather owned uh, two international harvester cub cadet uh, businesses that also did tractor repairs. Uh, We had a 300 ton jack in our shop with uh, all the equipment and tools to take care of all size tractors and combines and harvesters and all that stuff. We also had a TV electronics repair center. We eventually uh, added on, dropped International Harvester and Cub Cadet and then uh, combined our franchise to with uh, True Value, which is probably a mistake that my dad made when he took over the business, but yeah, that's a, we had one of those internationals. I just, I wish I'd still have some of our shop trucks and stuff, but yeah, that was a, it's a really good show. Car masters, Rusty Riches, see four guys and a girl that just take one thing, scrap and build it up, sell it, swap it for something else and fix that up sell that until they get up to six figures it's just it's a lot of fun so check that out around time we'll get back to you with some health stuff right after this all right let's talk some health stuff i found it interesting that when i picked up the sunday paper this week i just randomly decided to pick it up this week that right at the top there's a little ad like a cover page Ad at the top of the cover page, and it was for MS educational programs for relapse and remitting multiple sclerosis treatments. And uh, found that was interesting considering last month was MS Awareness Month. Couldn't get anybody to talk about the papers, the Fox News, and stuff like that. Couldn't get anybody to mention it or talk about it for the last two years. But then the month after MS Awareness, then they have that at the top of a newspaper that I just happen to randomly want to pick up. And it's just funny how that one and only paper had that on there. Uh, But yeah, we got MS Day coming up. What is it? May 30th, I think. And that's going to be another one that I can't get people to talk about, but I'll still talk about it and promote it, but I'd like to see other big organizations, news organizations that would actually bring some attention to some of these things, but not yet. Not to this day. I haven't seen any good productions for a disease that has no cure, but let's talk about some psychological changes of MS, some different pictures of it. Uh, What you may not know is how this immune disease 
autoimmune disease actually affects the body? How does it interfere with the messaging system that helps your brain control your reactions? Uh, you already know about the symptoms like muscle weakness, trouble with coordination, balance, vision problems, thinking and memory issues, sensations such as numbness, pricking, prickling, or pins and needles, all kinds of pains and fatigues. But nerve damage can occur anywhere in the spinal cord and or brain, which is why MS symptoms may vary from person to person depending on the location and severity of the white blood cell attack. That's why it's known as a snowflake disease. Everybody take, deals with it differently. Uh, symptoms may include loss of balance, muscle spasms, weakness, tremors, bowel and bladder problems, eye problems, hearing loss, facial pain, brain issues such as memory loss, sexual issues, problems with speech and swallowing, and a ton more. Uh, MS focuses on the central nervous system. It attacks tissues in the brain and spinal cord, known as the central nervous system. This system includes the complex network of nerve cells responsible for sending, receiving, and interpreting information from all parts of our body. During daily life, the spinal cord sends information to the brain via these nerve cells, and then the brain then interprets the information and controls how to re react to it. But you can think of the brain as the central computer and the spinal cord as the cable between the brain and the rest of the body. And if that cable's all damaged and has a bunch of holes in it, well, then you're going to have signals going where they're not supposed to. Nerve cells, neurons, carry messages from one part of the body to another through electrical and chemical impulses. Each has a cell body, dendrites, and an axon. The dendrites are thin. thin they look like little thin nerve lines coming off like an eyeball. And then... Well, they're thin web-like structures that branch out from the cell body. They act like receptors, receiving signals from other nerve cells and transmitting them to the body. The axon, also called the nerve fiber, is a tail-like projection that serves the opposite function of the dendrites. It sends electrical impulses out to other nerve cells. And the fatty material known as myelin covers the axon of the nerve cell. This covering protects and insulates the axon, much like the rubber shell that protects and insulates an electrical cord. Myelin is made up of lipids, fatty substances, and proteins. In addition to protection, the ac protecting the axon, it also helps nerve signals travel quickly from one part of the body to another or to the brain, MS attacks the myelin, breaking it down and interrupting the nerve signals. And that's why the signals go all over the place. Scientists believe that MS begins with inflammation, infection, fighting white blood cells that are triggered by some unknown force enters the central nervous system and attacks the nerve cells. 
Scientists speculate that a latent virus, when activated, may cause the inflammation. And now we're learning more and more about the Epstein-Barr virus. I know has been talk all over the place in the medical community. A genetic trigger or an immune system malfunction may also be to blame. Whatever the spark, the white blood cells go on the offensive. And when inflammation spikes, MS is activated, attacking white blood cells damage the myelin that protects the nerve fiber, the axon. Imagine a damaged electrical cord with wires visible. And you'll have a picture of how the nerve fibers appear without myelin. This process is called demyelination. Just like a damaged electrical cord may short out or create intermittent surgeons of powers or cut back the power that you're getting and causing all time kinds of issue, issues with whatever you're trying to power, a damaged nerve fiber will be less efficient at transmitting nerve impulses. This can trigger the symptoms of MS. It's one of the easiest ways to explain MS. I like my house theory or your wired house and each individual room has certain amounts of damage to it. And that's what causes different areas of your body to have different issues with multiple sclerosis. If you get a cut on your arm, the body forms a scab over time. As the cut heals, nerve fibers also form scar tissue in areas of myelin damage. This tissue is stiff, hard, and blocks or obstructs the flow of messages between nerves and muscles. These areas of damage are typically called plaques or lesions and are a major signal of the presence of MS. In fact, the words multiple sclerosis means multiple scars. So, During a period of inflammation, attacking white blood cells can also kill glial cells. Glial cells, G-L-I-A-L, surround nerve cells and provide support and insulation between them. They provide, they keep nerve cells healthy and produce new myelin when it's damaged. However, if glial cells are killed, they're less able to keep up with repair. Some of the new research for an MS cure is focused on transporting new glial cells to the site of myelin damage to help encourage reconstruction. That's interesting because I have not heard that before. And glial cells talk has apparently been around for a little while and I'm surprised that I have not come across that with all the information I have read and seen. I want to know more about those cells. An MS episode or period of inflammatory activity can last anywhere from a few days to several months or years or whatever. In relapsing remitting types of MS, the person usually experiences remission with no symptoms. During this time, the nerves will try to repair themselves and may form new pathways to get around the damaged nerve cells. 
or they couldn't have heart in areas they're going to cause more blockage but remission can last from months to years but i would assume from what we heard earlier the blockage could happen also while they're trying to repair however progressive forms of ms primary progressive and secondary progressive forms of ms do not show as much inflammation and may not show any remission of symptoms or at best will only plateau and then continue to cause damage. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, There is no known cure for MS. However, current therapies can slow the disease and help control symptoms sometimes. Not having a ton of luck with that at the moment. But yeah, there's some information to give you a picture of multiple sclerosis. And then there's things called MS zingers. Uh, how do you deal with these things when you're living with multiple sclerosis? Do you ever feel sharp, prickling, radiating pain that seems to come out of nowhere? Does the temperature outside, warm or cold, stir up electric shocks in your body that stop you in your tracks? Sometimes described as zingers, dysthesia comes on suddenly. The painful sensations often strike the feet, hands, legs, and other areas of the body. For many people living with multiple sclerosis, dealing with these zingers is something They know all too well. That's pretty much every day. There's some type of zingers happening. Uh, Let's see. This is a bunch of... Bunch of doctor quotes and stuff. Don't want to get into that. Depending on the extent of the nerve damage, patients may report numbness or the lack of sensation or perceived the sensory symptoms in different ways this can include a feeling of pins and needles crawling or itching sensations a tightening of the skin especially around the chest or abdomen also known as ms hug or painful feelings like shooting pains electric shocks burning sensations and i get stabbing sensations ripping tearing sensation and there's just so many different sensations you could add to these these lists uh trigeminal neuralgia affecting the face that's a nightmare to have burning tingling or vibratory like sensations affecting mostly the upper or lower extremities or a squeezing sensation located Below the breast, the MS hug. Um, yeah, people telling you what it's like living with dysthesia. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much go on people's blogs and stuff and find out how people deal with the different feelings of pins and needles, electric shock, cold, burning, stabbing, cutting, 
all the different head, neck, chest, leg, arm, body type pains that we deal with. Uh, winter can trigger it more for some people. Summer can trigger it more for other people's. Uh, during the winter months, this means staying indoors when it's cold outside. You may need to experiment with temperature threshold to determine how cold it can be outside before you begin to experience painful sensations. When you do venture out, make sure to layer clothing. Usually mine, as far as the cold weather, once it starts setting shit off, it's usually doesn't take much below freezing and you get me around 20 degrees and it starts setting things off same with the heat is usually once you hit 70 or above is i start to feel issues with the heat but you can try warm compresses and stuff like that but that might set off other things i believe in the warm cold warm cold when you have certain areas of pain trying to get rid of it but i usually ride them out with meditation just live with the fucking pain that's radiating no matter where it is what it is if you're experiencing zingers in your face for example uh, they recommend covering your face with a scarf this is considered protective and may help decrease the changes of the sensation uh, since the feet and hands tend to be the most common areas to experience certain pains, keep them warm during the winter months. Wear socks, slippers, or shoes while at home. Cover your hands with gloves or mittens when venturing outdoors. Uh, physical activity can help warm your body and keep the blood circulating. If the sun is shining and the temperatures are warm enough, exercise outdoors. And uh, it's just... Lots of little tips and tricks you can try to deal with the pain, but usually they don't do nothing for me. I mean, just makes the pain worse sometimes when you're trying to work out while dealing with it. But look into certain things, try different compress compresses, battling opposite kind of against the cold with warmth and against the warmth with cold. Just see, see how your body reacts. That's the best way to do it because you, that way you're going to find out whether or not any of it is helpful for you and, or it could cause more problems. So it's just, it's a game of give and take and playing around and testing out and trial and error. That's all you can really do with all of it and hope that you find something that allows your body to deal with it long term because it's going to be part of your life if you have multiple sclerosis pretty much anything that affects you will affect you from now on so it may not be permanent it may just come and go maybe once in a great year or whatever but you gotta try it out and see how it affects how it how your life takes it. Cause like we said, it's a snowflake disease. So everybody's different. Never know what you're gonna get. It could be something that you deal with once, or something that you deal with regularly or ongoing, or every every year or so it might pop up. Who knows? But 
Let's see. You having problems falling asleep because of all your pains and stuff? If you want to go to sleep in 10 seconds, it usually takes a magic spell to fall asleep this quickly and on cue. But my wife can do it. I don't know how. And within a minute, she'll be asleep. Snoring away. This quickly and on cue, but just like spells with practice, you can eventually get to the sweet 10-second spot. Let's see. It's called the... Yeah, we went over these before. We got the military method where you relax your entire face, including the muscles inside your mouth. Drop your shoulders to release the tension and let your hands drop to the side of your body. Exhale, relaxing your chest. Relax your legs, thighs, and calves. Clear your mind for 10 seconds by imagining a relaxing scene in your happy place. If this doesn't work, try saying the words don't think over and over for 10 seconds. Within 10 seconds, you should fall asleep. If I say don't think over and over, I'm just going to start thinking. Why am I saying that? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. There's 478 breathing. How you do this is let your lips part slightly and make whooshing sounds. As you exhale through your mouth. Whoosh. (laughs) Then close your lips and inhale silently through your nose. Count Count to four in your head. Then hold your breath for seven seconds. After, exhale with a whoosh sound for eight seconds. Avoid being too alert at the end of each cycle. Try to practice it mindlessly. It's I think it would kind of energize me doing the whooshing part. But complete this cycle for four full breaths. Let your body sleep if you feel relaxation coming on earlier than anticipated. It's one to try out. Then we got the progressive muscle relaxation. Relaxation. Where you raise your eyebrows as high as possible for high five seconds. Yeah, I think a couple of these are different than ones I've talked about in the past. This will tighten your forehead muscles. Relax your muscles immediately and feel the tension drop. Wait 10 seconds. Smile widely to create tension in your cheeks. Hold that for five seconds, then relax. Pause for 10 seconds. Squint your eyes shut. Hold for 5 seconds and then relax. And then pause for another 10 seconds. Tilt your head slightly back so you're comfortably looking at the ceiling. Hold that for 5 seconds. Relax as your neck sinks back into the pillow. And then pause for 10 seconds. Keep moving down the rest of the body, from your triceps to chest, thighs to feet. Let yourself fall asleep, even if you don't finish tensing and tensing and relaxing the rest of your body. Just once you get tired, just let yourself go and accept that tiredness and fall asleep. And there's also image distraction. Instead of counting sheep, try to imagine a serene setting 
and all the feelings that go with it. For example, you can imagine a waterfall, the sounds of echoing, rushing water, and the scent of damp moss. The key is to let the this image take up space in your brain to prevent yourself from re-engaging with thoughts, worries, and concerns pre-sleep. It's like pretty much... Uh, pretty much there's a variety of things that you can focus on and stuff, but I like going to my happy place. And that's what I use for meditation. So I could just meditate to sleep, which I do try sometimes. Uh, we have a few. I suppose we could check these out. These sound interesting, some type of acupressure things for sleep acupressure for sleep uh feel the small hollow space under your palm on your pinky side gently apply pressure in a circular or up and down movement for two to three minutes press down the left side of the point palm facing with gentle pressure for a few seconds and then hold the right side, back of hand facing. Repeat on the same area of your other wrist. And then there's the inner frontier gate, which is on one palm facing up. Count three fingers wrist down from your wrist, crease. With your thumb, apply a steady downward pressure between the two tendons. You can massage in a circular or up and down motion until you feel your muscles relax. And there's wind pool where you interlock your fingers together, fingers out and palms palms touching, and open your palms to create a cup shape with your hands. Position your thumbs at the base of your skull with thumbs touching where your neck and head connect. Apply a deep and firm pressure using circular or up and down movements to massage this area. Breathe deeply and pay attention to how your body relaxes as you exhale. So you can try those out. Let's see. There's other things like hiding your clock, taking a warm shower before bed. Opening the window to keep your room cool, wearing socks, a gentle 15-minute yoga routine, placing your phone far away from your bed or away from your podcasting area, (laughs) aromatherapy like lavender, chamomile, or clary sage, and eating earlier to avoid stomach digestion and stimulation before bed. Those are all things that might help you also. Why not try them out? See if they help if you have problems going to sleep. Uh, Let's see. I don't know if I have enough. I suppose we got enough time to look into it. They got some traumatic brain injury stuff that Montel talks about. Montel Williams. Uh, I don't really want to get into the numbers, but 
every single day a lot of people die as a result of concussive or traumatic brain injury that's i believe that can be a leading cause to multiple sclerosis too uh there's i guess i'm gonna have to give numbers with some of this stuff but this i think dates back to the earlier 2000s but number one cause of falls is traumatic brain injury uh they say 40.45 percent motor vehicles caused by traumatic brain injury is 14.3 percent unknown is 19 percent like all these numbers don't make sense when they have unknown results and stuff uh struck by or against something 15.5 percent assault 10.7 percent at least 5.3 million americans live with traumatic brain injury related disabilities those are the ones we know about there's tons walking the streets or living on the streets we don't know about research treatment and support speeds recovery for americans who survive a tbi each year uh, you can visit biausa.org or braininjurytrial.com for more information on it they have brain injury prevalence and symptoms of tbi uh, an estimated 1.7 million people sustain a tbi annually again those are the ones you know there's lots of kids that get hit in the head and don't report concussions and stuff like that uh are hospitalized 1.365 million nearly 80 percent are treated treated and released from an emergency department 52,000 die those who are suffering from a tbi may experience headaches head or neck pain loss of balance, vision disturbances, dizziness, fatigue, uh, symptoms of mild TBI may take days, weeks, or months to appear, so it can be way too late by the time you find out that you have something, uh, Williams says, when you look at the brain of a person who has MS, their brain is riddled with scars because most people don't even understand that MS means multiple sclerosis, which in Latin means multiple scars. We have multiple scars throughout the gray matter or the white matter in our brains and our spinal cords. Uh, Yeah, TBI is a huge factor in brain-related diseases, in my opinion. But we're out of time, so be good to yourself, be good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Check out Crimson Call Comic Club. Check out Under the Call. Keep following Under the Call of MS. Rate, review, tell a friend, subscribe. Send questions, comments. Kevin the, Kevin the Duckpool at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, we're out of time, so we're going to go now. Bye-bye.